0: can go ahead and put up the Fourth of July slide. Thank you. And just a reminder that a a week from tomorrow, July 4th, uh, 1 o'clock, we have a fellowship time together. Uh, It's going to be held at the Petersons. And it's a... Hot dog barbecue, if you want to call it, yeah, I guess they're they're going to provide hot dogs and the and the condiments and the buns and all that that's necessary for that, along with some side dishes. But if you have uh, a meat that you would like to barbecue yourself, there's going to be a barbecue uh, set up and and ready and going, and so uh, you can bring your own meat if you would prefer, and uh, nobody will take offense. And uh, we also have uh, the opportunity to bring maybe one of your favorite side dishes and uh, so uh, just uh, it's a day of lots of fun and uh, it's uh, we start at one we're normally done in the uh, late afternoon Uh, if we stay around a fellowship bring your own chair if you have one folding chair uh, if you have one if you want to carry a big unfolding chair that's fine too and uh, just uh, a good time of, of getting together and having fun and uh, if you're planning to, to be involved in fireworks or anything like that, uh, you'll have plenty of time to get home to, to do that before it gets dark. So no problem. There is a sign-up sheet out there, okay? And uh, so uh, that helps us figure out, that making sure we have enough of everything to, to go around. And so we really appreciate it. However, if you don't sign up because you're not sure you're going to be able to go and at the last minute you, can, you realize you can come, please come. We will make sure there will be enough to to accommodate that. No, it's going to be at the Peterson's house on, uh, what is it, 4121? Oh, 4151, yeah, 4151 Diana Drive. How you get there is you know where the gulch is going to Hydesville? Okay, when you get to the top of the gulch and Hydesville becomes the community, you're just starting to get into the housing. Diana is a right turn. You go down to Diana and watch on the, the, get, Pretty far down there, and on the left is a, be a sign telling you 4151. Take that left, and it's still a ways down because we're back down into the gulch by the time we get to their house. And they have a creek and, and stuff there. It's just it's a fun afternoon. So uh, the uh, I think I've got all that. Oh, and, and they'll have drinks, but if you have something specific that you like to drink, uh, you know, feel free to bring that as well. And so I think that covers the the sides. I I was asked again uh, about offering, and so I I need to remind you that we now are using an offering box on the wall over there. There's a, a donation card uh, you know, envelopes on the side there as well. I I think well there's none up here. And so uh, feel free to uh, use that as uh, and and uh, Easy access, and, and we won't be passing the, the, the plate as the COVID stuff continues, and we'll get into that in just a second. Any other announcements uh, that I need to be making? I miss anything? Okay. The way of prayer, uh, COVID is still with us. Uh, we have a few people in the congregation uh, that are out with it. Uh, the Whitmire family asked specifically for prayer uh david and debbie's uh whitmire's uh, son in law matt and, and Kristen both have it. He got it last Sunday and she got it she started having symptoms uh wednesday so uh they just asked for prayer for their family that that will be the end of it at that point in time that it's not gonna go anywhere and uh I know that we have uh, like i said other people that have got family members uh, neighbors friends. And for whatever reason this thing just keeps kind of going on and so my prayer this morning as we pray will be that God would intervene and break the cycle and bring healing to Humboldt County and, and all across the nation of course as well. But uh just uh I, I think uh we were talking this morning, I said, I'm it's really getting tired of this, you know. <laughs> uh also to pray for Lee. And Jackie Lee has uh, uh, gotten to the point where she's in physical therapy every day. And uh, she's, I think, this week having uh, another MRI to check her leg and see how it's healing. Uh, but it seems to be doing well. She's able to put some pressure on it and, and stuff. Uh, but she has to, you can only do that when she's with the therapist. And so uh, it's now, as it turns out, it's going to be up to the therapist when she gets to leave. And so she's praying that the therapist will be able to do everything he needs to do and, and get it done and that she can, and that she'll be the cooperative person she needs to be to, to accomplish it. So, uh, just keep praying for her and Jackie uh, at uh, Timber Ridge as well. And, uh, just, uh, that's what I've got on my list. Any other prayer needs this morning? Okay. Okay, well they, there was a, a couple of people a week ago and so they they were really being careful we couldn't we weren't going to any of the rooms or anything like that. In fact, I met with Cat with uh, Lee outside. But uh so okay. Um Let's go ahead and and pray for these things and uh would you again join me in prayer please? Father, we come to you and and we pray very specifically for the the, the Whitman family and ask that you would uh, within the family break the cycle, that uh, those uh, that are dealing with the COVID would would uh, uh, heal quickly and that that would be the end of it for their family and and all the other uh, people that we know either in family or neighbors, friends, co-workers that have been having to wrestle with this. That you would break the cycle in the home, in the city, in the county, Lord, uh, in the state, across the nation. You would break the cycle and bring an end to this COVID, Lord. And we confidently leave that in your hands. We pray for Lee that she will get, uh, just get it all the things that she needs to be able to get her strength back and, uh, that she will listen to the, to the therapist and the, and, uh, Just uh, be able to do all the things that is asked of her to to get her mobility. And for Jackie as well, to get more mobility and strength in her body. Uh, Lord, uh, we just thank you that we can bring these things to you. You tell us with absolute confidence that to approach your throne for your mercy and your grace. And that we do for these things, Lord. And then as we open your word this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds through your Holy Spirit that we would receive from you this morning those things that would cause our walk with you to be stronger and and our witness for you to be stronger, Lord. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be doing our last message in the book of uh, uh, Romans today in chapter 12. And it's basically, I might call it a a summary conclusion, just kind of uh, tying it all together and uh so as we approach this we have to to start with chapter with with chapter 12 we have to start with verse 1 and 2 and like i said i hope you don't get tired of hearing it i was i was texted the other day somebody was listening in we never tire of hearing such awesome verses so hopefully we're all in the same mind on that uh chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 It's, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So... uh, the, the statement that, that uh, I wanted to start off with actually is from uh, Charles Bridges. He was a uh, theologian in the uh, 1800s, uh, uh, the early to mid-1800s, and uh, he makes this statement. He says, We are disciples of Him who died for His, en- uh, for his enemies. We are disciples of Him who died for His enemies. So let me put that into context with you. Romans chapter 5 gives us an understanding of that. Uh, Starting with verse 6. While we were still weak at the right time, and again I put this, I always emphasize this, at exactly the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now be, uh, received reconciliation. The idea of reconciliation is to be at peace with God. Our, our sins have been reconciled, paid in full at the, Christ, uh, by, at the cross. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, that was it, paid in full. And so we are disciples of him, Jesus Christ, who died for his enemies, us. A lot of times we think of enemies as, as you know, we don't, we don't put ourselves in our category. But anybody who was, you know, any man, we all have sinned, falls short of the glory of God, making us enemies. And Christ intervened in our personal lives to make us reconciled with God and therefore make us saints with God and saints together, the church, the body of Christ. And so we and we've sang about some of that this morning. It's really uh, that awesome picture. And so as disciples, we are followers of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as we can do it. Uh, and and so. Uh, the the picture that needs to come out of that is uh, and I, I I think of this coming from. Uh, John Piper, it was this go and do the same. Disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, if that's who we are, then go and do the same. And so, chapter 12 talks about that. First off, we talk about, and I'm going to go through this again, present your body to God as a living sacrifice. And I I thought about this, and there's a, a tendency, I think, to... Within the framework of the church, I was reading uh, some uh, information coming from A.W. Tozer in a book he wrote about worship, uh, that, that there's a tendency for us to become complacent as we, are, as we grow and, and, and get along in our years in Christ, uh, to the point where I can recall older people when I first became a Christian saying, oh, he'll calm down. You know, there's an enthusiasm and excitement when Christ comes into your life, and you you can't wait to talk about it and share it, and then you you have somebody come along and say, Now, you'll calm down. Then, you know, know, we'll just endure you for a while. The problem is is that we are not supposed to calm down. And so, uh, we are told to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And and so that's more than devoting some time. In fact, that's more than, than devoting your money. Uh, it's, it's all that you are, all that you have, includes today, tomorrow, next week, and the rest of the year, and the rest of your life. You are to commit all of that. As a living sacrifice. When he says commit your body, he means all that you are, all that you have, all, you know, all that is yours. Commit yourself to Christ. He says this is an act of spiritual worship. And so we have to even look at this context of worship. Worship isn't something that we do on Sunday morning and sing a few songs and worship is over. A lot of times people will say, now it's time for our worship. But we're going to worship the Lord by singing these songs. More typically, we'll say, uh, you know, thank you for being here and joining in our our service, our worship service. And we we say this whole service is a commitment of worship. So we, we, we sing, we pray, we interact with each other, we open the word to God. All of that is an act of worship. But it's just part of our worship. Worship is more than our daily devotions. Worship is, is is more than our prayers. Worship is supposed to be 24-7. We are to, to walk in an attitude of, uh, of prayer, you know, the idea of prayer without ceasing. It's worship without ceasing. We are to be aware of what God is doing around us at all times. Well, that's a growing process. It doesn't happen instantly. But as we mature in Christ, we should be more and more aware of what's going on around us and the needs that people have and be ready to to minister to whatever those needs might be. Your spiritual worship, like I said, it it continues day in, day out. It's not just a single event. And then come back to this idea of presenting your body as a sacrifice. What we're saying is, God, you own me. I should have kept your blank piece of paper up here because it just came to me. The idea of a a contract with God is a blank paper that says, I, Bob Hapgood, surrender to God the following. And then at the bottom, I sign it and I submit it to God. And he fills it in. As to how he wants me to live my life, where he wants me to go, all of the different things, and it becomes that idea of living as a as a sacrifice to God at his beck and call. And and a lot of times when we get somebody that that says, "Oh, I feel God wants me to do this," or you know, or, or God is speaking to me to do something. Some of sometimes we kind of take a step backwards and think, "Well, you know." <laughs> But that's the way it should be. We shouldn't be surprised that God is speaking to us. We should expect it. In fact, we should be in the sense of resting in that with confidence that God speaks to us. He speaks to us in our prayers. He speaks to us in our devotions. He speaks to us through his word. And I believe, quite candidly, God can speak to us in our dreams for that matter. He certainly has got a track record of that in the scripture. So our worship is continuous. His ownership is complete. He owns us. We are His. And as a living sacrifice, we're not to be conformed to the way the world does things. When it speaks of the world, he's speaking of those who are not in Christ. In other words, we're not to to use the standards outside of Christ as our guidelines. What our culture says is okay. And in fact, our culture may say something that we agree with and it's perfectly okay, but it's not because that is our guideline. The Word is our guideline. We've matched it against the Word and said, yes, I'm free to do that. But the Word, God's Word is our standard. It is our guideline. We're not, instead of being conformed to the world, and we've gone over this pretty thoroughly over the last few weeks, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this idea of renewing our mind is, is, is given some, some direction as we continue in, in chapter 12. Look at, uh, at once more at, at verse 9. It says, Seeking genuine love. You have a genuine love for, for God genuine means without hypocrisy in other words not two-faced oh i and 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 coming back to this these initial verses that we'd looked at uh you know that that we are totally belonging to god well being two-faced it, you know normally we look at hypocrisy as as in in ways that we We emphasize the the biggest negatives we can find that well, that's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is saying you are a Christian and doing something that's that's conforming to the world. Does that make sense? I, I hope it does because that's what it what it's trying to drive for here. If we're doing the things of the world and not comparing it to the Word of God, then we are being hypocrites. And so it's saying, you know, have a genuine love without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. And I thought, what is evil? Somebody want to give a definition for evil, and I'm not going to, it's a rhetorical, I'm not asking you to do that. But the idea of evil is simply the same word, uh, the same definition for sin. Missing the mark. How many of you heard that definition over the years of missing the mark? Okay, what it involves is the idea, the word sin Is a word that has to do, and it was used as one of the archery terms, uh, in in its original language. The archer pulls back, lets his arrow fly, shoots at the the target. Now, if it's me, I'll be lucky if I hit the barn behind it, okay? Uh, you know, but but the idea of, of hitting the target, the only thing that is righteous before God is the bullseye. Anything less than the bullseye is missing the mark. Sin is a right-on-target hit, perfect, I did what God wants me to do, I have followed the Word of God, That I've done it right, I'm righteous in that act. That's hitting the mark. Anything less is sin. Well, that's why we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God, because we have a rough time hitting the mark every time. In fact, I you know I, I look at my own life and I and 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 I realize that hitting the mark is something that that is a constant battle. It takes lots of practice. You know, I think of the archer again. How many times does he have to practice in order to be a person that hits the mark? I, I don't know if you've watched archery in any competition or not, but it amazes me how many times those people hit the mark. And they lose the 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 tournament by just a slight miss. And so we're to to, to get this idea of what it is uh, that, that he is calling evil. Abhor what is evil. Abhor missing the mark. Have it in your heart and soul, mind and soul so much so that when you do miss the mark, God is able to bring your attention to it right now. That's, that's the, the goal. So that we can turn and say, God, forgive me for missing that opportunity. Or God, forgive me for those thoughts. God, forgive me for what I just said. And if necessary, God, give me the ability to go to that person or to that, back to that situation and ask for forgiveness. Abhor what is evil, missing the mark. Instead, hold fast to what is good, hitting the mark. When you hit the mark, it it, it goes back to verse 2 up here where it says you you are uh, discerning the will of God. That's hitting the mark. What is good and acceptable and perfect within the framework of your relationship with God. Hold fast to what is good. It's what we strive for. I think of of an acquaintance of mine, uh, and I think I've shared this this, uh, illustration before, but um, we went to Mexico together uh, uh, several times. And because we both... Use a CPAP. I don't know how many of you are familiar with what that is, but sleep apnea, sleep CPAP. Some people have a rough time sleeping in a room with, with somebody that's using a CPAP. Okay, and and so uh, and and there's you know getting a room by yourself when you're getting housed is not necessarily something that going to happen. So they always put us together because we both used CPAPs. What was interesting was my friend. The CPAP came off and he his first words were, Thank you, God for this day, praise you, worship you. He he worshiped and then he went right into prayer. Talk about being humbled. That wasn't my first thought. You know, you can tell by the way I look, my first thought was, What's for breakfast? You know. Uh the this idea of being so tuned in that, that you, you want to be in, in a framework of, of being in communication with God from the moment you are awake to the moment you go to bed and, and ask even in your dreams. And I think that's a reasonable request. Strive to know the will of God, what is acceptable and perfect And then I want to drop down to verse 17. It says, Repay no one evil for evil. And I'm going to put my my definition of evil, sin. Pay no one sin for sin. In other words, somebody does something to you that is sinful, the tendency in our culture, the way the world says is okay, is to hit back. I recall my... uh, uh my stepfather retired marine drill sergeant Now, some of you've had uh military people as your as your parents and you you understand this uh, to a degree but in his mind he was concerned he got into my life when i was 7 being raised by my grandmother my mother and my sister and so he was concerned that I was not going to be the masculine person I needed to be. And he immediately put me into boot camp for all intents and purposes. His idea was to, he, he would help make a man out of me. And, uh, you know, that, that idea of, 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 uh, Being able to defend myself, being able to take care of myself. In fact, one of the things that was, happened was he started right off by cutting my hair, boot camp style. And literally, no, no hair, completely shaved head every Saturday morning. And after that, we mowed the lawn. If it rained, we didn't mow the lawn, but I still got my haircut. And so I, con- I had a tan. I lived in Santa Barbara. I had a tan head. And kids would, you know, my stature's short. And uh, kids would walk up to me in the hallway and go, oh, crystal ball. And, you know, my dad told me to turn around and just nail them. And he said, if they're a bully, they won't fight back. Because as soon as they feel pain, they'll leave you alone. And so I became a striker. By the way, that's sin. <laughs> you know, that's that's not that's that's that, that's what we're talking about. We we the idea is is that I have the right. You have done me wrong. I have the right to pay you back in same currency. And what Paul is saying here in Romans is no you don't that's that's not a godly thing to do and so don't don't repay anyone evil for evil or sin for sin missing the mark for missing the mark in verse 19 he says never avenge yourself look at it at, at verse 19 Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. By the way, the wrath of God is meaning His righteous judgment. Okay? Leave it to the righteous judgment of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So, we are looking at this and saying, I am not to to take revenge. Let God's righteous judgment take care of it. He says, I'll take care of this. And he'll do it at just the right time. Just as he came just at the right time, he will do what is necessary to correct people, to, to judge people, to, to, you know, he'll do it at just the right time where it has the best influence, the best impact. We don't have that foresight. And so, God says, leave it to me. Don't pay evil for evil. Leave it to Me. No vengeance. No revenge. And then He says, To the contrary. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. In other words, if you see a need in your enemy and you have the means to meet it, do it. Don't strike back. Reach out in kindness. Reach out in love. What did Jesus say? At the Sermon on the Mount? Love your enemies. This is what Jesus was getting at. and He spent a lot of time talking about it. In his lifetime. The idea of 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 this look uh, to the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head burning coals on his head has got a lot of different ideas as far as theologians go and and commentators go as to what it means is it something good is it something bad i believe it has to do with it it is again god's judgment at just the right time coal burning coals comes from the altar of god it's a cleansing act. It's, a, it's an act of conviction. Think of the burning coals in Isaiah 6 when, when Isaiah is in the, in the, the temple of God. And what did they do? They take a burning coal and cleanse his lips. So I, I, I have to use Scripture, and, and Scripture nowhere says that this is the thing about you giving coals from your fire so he can take it home and start his own fire. And so it's an act of, of, of generosity or something. It doesn't say that anywhere in Scripture. The only thing about coals is, is normally in reflection of some form of judgment and God's right timing. Perfect judgment, righteous judgment, just at the right time. Paul closes this chapter with verse 21 as a summary. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Don't be overcome by sin. Overcome sin with good. One of the two is going to happen. There's not a third option in there. You're either going to be overcome by sin or you're not. And there's only one way to not be overcome by sin. And that's to be in Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect at this. That's why we're told I think in First Corinthians chapter eleven in reference to communion, it says, Examine yourself. You know, if you have some sin, take care of it before, you know, or confess it and ask forgiveness, this type of thing. Uh we're not perfect. But the idea is that in in our relationship with God, God points out our imperfections and, and gives us the opportunity to rectify the situation. And as we come back to that scripture, and as much as it's up to you, be at peace. Verse 18, as much as it's up to you, be at peace. Don't be overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. We we need to look at this and say this is possible. Paul tells us also in Romans chapter 8, we are more than conquerors. We can live a life That is different and unique. Peter says the same thing. So much so that people will look at you and say, how come you don't look like the world? And how come you're happy? Please don't be one of those. uh, I I think of of, uh, the first time I said this and I realized how inappropriate it was to my kids. No, we can't do that today. We have to go to church. Do you see the error there? We have to go to church. It's, it's a duty. It's not an act of worship. It's a responsibility. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. We get to go to church. There's some places and some cultures where they, they can't do that. We get to do it. How awesome. This idea is, is, is this, this desire to do what is right before the throne of God. To do what is good. Not to do what is evil. Be, don't do what is evil, but be overcome by what is good. Okay? And, and God is the source of anything good. James chapter 1, verse 17. God is the source of anything good. So we look to what our definition of good is to come from. Again, where is it going to come? Scripture. It's not going to be arbitrary. It's going to be definite. And you start to look at it. Scripture is very definite about so much of our life. And as we put that together, we create a pattern that separates us from the world. We become transformed into the things that God wants us to be. And we become transformed. A living testimony, witness to the world to the point where they will say, why are you different? And once they ask that question, we have the opportunity to witness. We have the opportunity to share what is different inside us. Again, this idea uh, I mentioned is... is, uh, you know, having this 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 I, uh, coming to self-examination. Uh, I, I wrote this down. I said, "Lord, has evil slash sin, what it is, overcome any part of my life." This is the the, the process of self-examination. I surrender authority. Ask forgiveness and thank God for his mercy and grace through the through the cross of Jesus Christ the Lord. I look for the opportunity to come before God and ask if there be any wicked way in me. And then add to it, Lord, continue to transform me, continue to renew my mind and and a, a scripture that I will kind of finish up with for this morning is, is out of the book of Philippians uh, chapter 4. Paul has a very definite picture of this. Philippians chapter 4, verses, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Some days you may feel that there's just nothing happening in your life that's praiseworthy. And I had someone point out, especially for us up here in in, in Humboldt County, Look out your, your your window and you'll probably spot a redwood tree. <laughs> Be amazed. You, it, it is an amazing thing. Do you realize that the most of the world did not believe our redwood trees are as tall as we say they are? When I got down to Mexico, I, I had postcards of the redwoods. And I gave them to the adults and the kids and stuff like that. And they looked at that and they just laughed, you know, like there's a... a Car driving, thought they, they figured it had to be photoshopped or something, you know. There there, there can't be trees that big. They were amazed at, at 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 this. Here we are, right in the midst of it, you know. We should be amazed at the at, at the sun, and the and the rotation of the planets, and how everything is in its order. And the scripture says that by the word of God it's held together. By the word of Christ it's held together. How amazing is that? Look at our uh, at how God has put us together and given us the ability to reason and to think and to get along, you know, interact with each other. How amazing is that? How amazing is His plan of salvation? We went astray. We sinned. We accepted evil. In Romans chapter one and two, it talks about you know we looked at the uh, at, at the creation and accepted it as uh, the thing we would worship instead of worshiping God, the Creator. And and yet God, in His grace and His mercy and His love, comes literally, physically, God of all creation, infinite God, no beginning, no end, God comes in the form of a man. He emptied Himself, became a man in the flesh. And not only in the flesh, but to serve. Even to the point of washing His disciples' feet. To serve. To the point of the cross. To die for us. Perfect man. Sinless man, no hint of evil anywhere in him, goes to the cross and takes all of our sin on him so that we can have eternal life and fellowship with God. Is that not amazing? We talk about amazing grace. Isn't it amazing? I think again, as, as just this, this thing, Lord, I want to be this person that, that Paul writes about in Philippians. Uh, you know, Rejoice in the Lord always. To, the, to, to be having this idea of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude was the way it was taught to me. To be at peace with God, reconciled and to dwell on the things that are worthy of praise. The kingdom of God, His creation, how He's put it all together. The fact that God has put us into relationships as the family of God. And even to the point of where He is taking us as His family and as His church, representing the body of Christ and asking us to meet the needs of the world around us, even those who condemn us even those who would throw stones at us. He says, minister to them. Look for their need and offer. And as much as it is up to you, be at peace. Rest in Christ. This opportunity to go through chapter 12 has been a blessing for me. Uh, I hope it's been a blessing for you. And as we approach communion, we, we, we celebrate this reality that we can be transformed through Jesus Christ because of what He's done on the cross. He, he came in the flesh. He put His flesh on the cross. He allowed it to be put on the cross and, and allowed Himself to die in the flesh. Poured out His blood to purchase the grace. And then His resurrection proves that He has the power and the authority to do just that. Forgive us. And draw us into his kingdom. Let's have communion together. Have the worship team come up and and, uh, uh, share our song. And communion, again, we're not serving uh, by passing. If you want to uh, come up here, please. And there's uh, packets on this side. Uh, which is the communion? You pull the top off, and there's the bread. And you pull the next, and that's the cup. Or we have the cups uh, with two cups. One has the bread, and then the and the and the and the, the juices on top of that. So uh, come up while we're singing the song, and uh, you can come up and pick up somebody else's for them if you if you want to. That that works fine. And uh, just uh, prepare your hearts, examine yourselves as we sing this song. Uh, And say, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. You might even have a picture in your mind of that blank paper. Say, here, fill out the contract, Lord.
1: Oh, the mercy our God has shown. To those who sit in death's shadow, the sun on high, pierced the night, born was the cornerstone. Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, he who is mighty has done a great thing taken on flesh, conquered the sting, shattered the darkness and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. Holy is his name. Oh, the freedom our saved. a slave now by grace no more condemnation unto us a son is given unto us a child is born he who is mighty has done a great thing taken on flesh conquered death sting Shattered the darkness and lifted all shame. Holy is His name. Holy is His name. Now my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in the God who saves. I will trust His unfailing love. I will sing His praises. Almighty my days he who is mighty has done a great thing taken on flesh conquered death's thing shattered the darkness and lifted our shame holy is his name holy is his name
0: Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he would given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is now the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The bread represents that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. His sacrifice began when He emptied Himself. According to Philippians, He emptied Himself and became a man in the flesh. Born through the womb. I mean, every aspect of Him. 100% man. And yet, 100% God. Only God could do that. And He asked that as often as we would share this bread, we would do so in remembrance of Him. Let us share it together now. I recall thinking when I had become a believer just early in my walk, I thought Him coming in the flesh would have, should have been sufficient. But as I began to understand Scripture, sin requires the shedding of blood, a life given. And Hebrews makes it very clear, Old Testament quote, life is in the blood. The blood had to be shed. The life had to be given. But it had to be perfect. All the Old Testament sacrifices were reflection of what was to come. They rested in the blood of Christ as well. And Jesus says, "My blood is poured out for you. It's the, the purchase of the covenant of mercy and grace. And He asked us as often as we would drink this cup to do so. And He says, until He comes again, which is an awesome promise. We rest with that truth. He is coming again for His church. Let us share the cup. Father, we thank You for these emblems that represent Your mercy and Your grace, we come to You with a confidence that You, the God of all creation, have purchased our sacrifice at the cross. And as we rest in You, as we confess Your your mercy, as we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that You are the Christ, the Son of God raised from the dead, that indeed we are saved. But we realize, Lord, that we're in a battle, according to Romans chapter 7. We're in a battle still with the flesh and the Spirit. For This flesh is, represents the fallen world. And it wants to be satisfied with the things of the fallen world. Give us victory, Lord. We come to You and ask that You would cause us to be overcomers, more than conquerors as we rest with the confidence that You have taken care of our sin. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank You, Lord. We worship You. We praise You. Ask that You would open our heart to You daily, moment by moment through the day, that we would enjoy how awesome our God is. We worship You. We praise You. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our closing song? We have some refreshments in the back if you have time to visit for a little while. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here this morning.
1: I heard an old, old story Our Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning And then I repented of this And won the victory Oh, victory my Savior forever. He stopped me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about the splendid power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and cause the blind to see and then I cried Dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory oh victory Jesus my Savior forever He stopped me and bought me with His redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood I heard for me in glory, and I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory, oh victory. Jesus, my Savior forever. He stopped me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood.
0: Again, Lord bless, thank you for being here.